I lived in that for years yeah. and didn't know what it was called. And then right. went to church looking for help and couldn't get it because I couldn't say it. Then if I did say it, I would look be looked at with judgment. Right, because Christians aren't supposed to be depressed. Oh no, not and not gay and depressed. No. It's like, don't you know the gayness is causing your depression? Yeah, you're like <laughs> it's like, girl, stop being gay and you won't be sad. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 21 of the Dig New Streams podcast. I'm your host, Dave Capozzi, and on the podcast this week, I have the amazing, the one and only, Sean DeRay Copeland. Um, you may not have heard of Shondi, but by the end of this, I guarantee you won't forget her. Uh, Shondi shares her story of growing up in the church uh, as a gay woman, who experienced abuse at the hands of people in her family and in the church and just felt like she didn't fit in many ways in that setting uh, and how that shaped her into the amazing, beautiful, strong woman that she is today. I'm just really grateful that I got a chance to sit down and talk with her this way and grateful that she is someone that I can call a dear friend of mine. Uh, and I believe by the end of this conversation, you'll want her to be your friend too. If you want to keep up with the podcast, see some clips from previous episodes, or find out what's coming up, feel free to follow on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Dig New Streams Podcast. Um, so we met in about 20... 16 I think so 17 2016 or 17 we, um a mutual friend introduced us because I was starting the church mm -hmm. and there was some some conversation around oh you got to meet my friend Shondi yes and and what it sort of quickly turned into was like you were a singer who was not feeling like you were connecting in church in mm -hmm. some ways maybe you've been away from church for a little bit mm -hmm. but this friend I felt like you'd feel connected mm -hmm. with what we were doing in Brockton. And so we met and like instantly we had this like, yes, see, I see you. Like yes. we felt each other's spirit in a way that was like real. Absolutely. You yeah. My guy. Yeah. Like, very early on. Yeah. I don't mess with guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> my own stuff. But yeah. it seemed very genuine with you. Mm. And we connected in a different way. Right. Even though like there were so many things that were different from our age, right. from our race, yeah. which for me doesn't matter, but I've encountered a lot of people where it could be yeah. a little complicated. Right. And for me to come to a church now, which you didn't know at the time, but I had just left the covenant church. And so I was like, mm, I'm good on the covenant. And I met you and I was like, but you're not the covenant. I used to. And that's what we vibe because I yeah. feel like I'm not the average Christian. No. And so I was no. like, Ooh, that's someone who's a little different like me. Ooh. That's 100% true. I think what, yeah, what we bonded on was this, like both felt like, we're going to give this Christianity thing another chance. Yes. And that's what the church was for me was like, I believe in community. I want it. And I want, I know it can exist in a way that feels like the way I experienced with the like Christian Bible is talking about, which was like misfits. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of like outcasts and misfits. And Dude, that's my people. That's yes. right. That's how I felt. And <laughs> I think we saw that immediately with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like for me, you're, you just have this joy that comes out of you. And not only that, like you sing like crazy. So at Thank some you point, you know, that. like <laughs> anyone that <laughs> anyone that knows you knows that. But we had enough conversations early on about a lot of those things, like um, your trust with men mm-hmm. and the lack thereof, or lack thereof, mm-hmm. uh, and conversations about what does it mean to have a white male pastor? Yep. Uh, when you have these issues with white males or just white people in general. Right. And even leaving a church where I was like, I need a black pastor. Mm. Again. I need to be around black people. Yeah. I'm feeling like, oh, I'm not spiritually growing around this group that for at one point I was yearning to be with. And yeah. now I'm like, I'm in <laughs> nursery trying to avoid being in service <laughs> yeah. and trying to do coffee hours so that right. I don't have to sit there. And it's not like they did anything, but I stopped connecting to them yeah. and feeling like, I won't be here. I'm just sitting here. Do you know why? Like, what what was it about that experience that you were just like? I think, well, because I started going there when I was 16. Yeah. And then I left around 21, 22. Mm. And when I was 21, 22, I just was in a different place. Yeah. And I started looking at people different. Right. And I was like, I don't really... I don't really fit in too much. It was a lot of older people. A lot, mm. a lot. It was a really conservative church. Yeah. And I fit in with the youth group. That's how I originally started going. Right. But then as everyone got older and some people still went and it wasn't a thing of I'm going for people, but it was, I no longer feel like I'm being spiritually fed mm. by these people who at one point I was like, they're like the best family for yeah. me because they were encouraging me in ways I hadn't been encouraged and letting me be free and then I started to feel confined again I started to feel like yeah we'll do this but do this that way right let's tweak it this way or how about we sit down and we'll talk about it later and I was like this ain't gonna work for me yeah I don't like that well that's kind of a I really appreciate you putting it in that perspective though because there was a time when they were really good for you oh yes like at that early stage they were really, oh, it felt like home. I was done with church. Yeah. By the time I hit 16, yeah. I was done because I grew up in church. Yes. My mom is an evangelist. Mm-hmm. So from like birth, <laughs> yeah. my mom, and she's been saved since she was 13. So yeah. she's been diehard. Yeah. Jesus is her life. We yeah. love her, but Jesus is her life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and right. so Jesus was my life growing right. up. I was in church three to four times a week. Wednesday, Tuesday, Bible study, Wednesday, prayer meeting, Thursday, choir rehearsal, praise and worship, which I was on, <laughs> you know, Friday, youth, youth service, Saturday, there may be something. And then Sunday, don't forget those three services. So <laughs> I was in church pretty often, but, and I remember feeling like I wanted to feel connected to that. I wanted to be saved. I wanted to feel like when I was at church, I wasn't just there, but I wanted to be a part of it. Mm. But then I started to feel like, as you know, I'm not quite good enough or Mm. I don't quite feel connected because I don't praise God the way they do or because I don't quite feel those things yet. And you know, now knowing what I know now, as someone mm. who's about to be 28, I understand I was emotionally dead. Like I was yeah. not capable because of my own stuff right. to even feel safe because I didn't feel safe at church. Right. I felt like I had to be there. Right. And then it got to the point that right before I left, I was doing praise and worship and my old pastor called me out during praise and worship mm. and just was like, you're not praising God enough. <laughs> wow. Come on off the mic, sweetie. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. So like that, you were smiling or doing yes. like looking like the way yes. that, that was supposed to be. And so yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm done. But you also, yeah. Yes. So by 16, you were done. Yes. But you were also not because of the context in which you grew up, the things that was were going on within you emotionally, you were, you were processing stuff, even about your sexuality that you weren't mm-hmm. able to express oh, yeah. or even think about mm-hmm. until you were out of that environment, because all of that equaled evil. Yes. So you couldn't even think about, well, maybe I don't experience things the same way that everyone else does. And, and that can't even the conversation around whether or not that can be okay. Couldn't even enter your mind. Mm-hmm. So when you turned 16 and you were now at this what you know this new covenant church or the mm-hmm. youth group did you have the space to be able to process those bigger questions those like personal questions in a way you didn't before or was that still just mm, no i wasn't there yet yeah i i remember trying to talk to the pastor about it and he was just i'm so sorry that happened yeah um and i was like okay so he can't do anything right so let me not bring it to church yeah um but I just felt accepted, yeah. which is something I didn't have mm. growing up. I didn't feel accepted at home. Mm. I didn't feel accepted at church. Um, a lot of people liked me because, you know, I can be funny. Because you Yes. <laughs> but Shondi got layers. And yeah. a lot of it was a lot of sadness and darkness. And so, and a lot of it was rooted in not feeling good enough because I lived in church, but felt like I'm not this person. Mm. I knew I was a lesbian. Yeah. That was my first attraction, honestly, yeah, yeah. for years. Yeah. But I also knew we talk about gay people. Mm. My mom makes jokes about the choir director, yeah. makes jokes about women who are more masculine. Yeah. And yeah. I've always been like, Lord, she's talking about me. Whoa. <laughs> oh, God. Let me just try to redirect. Let yeah. me try to deflect. Let yeah. me try to do anything. And again, at 16, when all these feelings, you know, as it normally happens right. for us, right. we start to come into our own or feel like, you know, we found our tribe, which I did, mm. and they were letting me be myself. Mm. And I'm like, I'm allowed to be myself everywhere, but at home and at church. And this don't work for Brutal. me. Brutal. That's And so you like, in you internalize some kind of like self-hatred oh yeah or yeah you did oh yeah yeah and I knew that like I knew I didn't know what word what word to use for it at the time Mm. but I knew that I didn't feel good enough Mm. on a scale on like a monumental scale of like I'm not good enough well it was it was always put in us and I've experienced this even recently as I've gone to my mom's church, who's still Pentecostal, yeah. this like yelling and forcing of yeah. a certain type of right. a certain way to show up when the presence of God is in the room. Right. And <laughs> right. I don't show up that way. I'm no. just not a hoop and holler. That don't mean that I don't feel the spirit, yeah. but I never felt okay with being yelled at and like, hmm. and feeling like taunted yeah. by the leaders of the church. Right. And that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And I feel like, even now, like I said, I went and visited her church like a couple months ago yeah. and that same experience. And even as an adult, I felt like that little child exactly. that again was like, right. because, God, I don't fit here. Yeah. <laughs> I love you and I want to pursue this relationship, yeah. but I don't fit here. I don't, I don't just get caught up because people will say, get up and give God praise. You know what he's done for you. You know how good he is. Mm. Let him know how thankful you are. God, I do. It's like. <laughs> I do. I'm so grateful that you kept me. Yeah. But I don't have to show you how grateful I am. I'm not feeling the music. No. I'm not feeling.
feeling the the presence that you all feel. Yeah. I don't feel it. But your body just doesn't need to no. express it. It, it. it makes me think of the person that's like, a, uh, you're in the, like, it's a morning session of some kind, mm-hmm. whether it's like school or some kind of special event. And they're like, good morning. And people are like, good morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you can do better than uh-huh. that. Let me hear a good morning. Good morning. Put the You're mic like, right up to you. I know you got, did he wake you up this morning? Ain't that a reason to give God praise? And it's like, yes. But do you know I got a flat on the way? <laughs> do you also know I barely got gas? Do you know I'm hungry? I'm here, yeah. but I'm really hungry. I don't need to say, <laughs> that, that need to say good morning to you the way you want. That's it's about you. Well, that's about them. So like, especially for people up front, there's like something about I need to see that people are responding yeah. oh, in a yeah. way that makes me oh, feel yeah. good. Like I'm, now doing... I'm validated. Exactly. Don't you know? And I learned that there's a yeah. lot of ego in in religion, especially yeah. in Christianity. Yeah. And so, well, because it's a performance religion, yes. whereas our brand. So we both grew up Pentecostal in that way. Mm-hmm. So our brand for those that are Catholic or something else. That's more um, like sit down, stand up, like memorize stuff. Yes. That they might not have that same experience where for us, it was so much like a going to a concert. Mm, oh, yes. And like engaging and the person <laughs> up front is. Ooh, yeah. Can we talk about that for yeah, a let's second? Let's talk about because it. Because the culture shock, it was to my <laughs> 16 year old brains, all these odds. I went from straight up Pentecostal. Yeah. I mean, we at church seven, eight hours. I'm hearing, yes, <laughs> yes, okay. to praise God from whom <laughs> all blessings flow. I was like, we reading hymns. I was like, I don't know how to read music. <laughs> I don't even know there was four verses to this song that you want us to sing. And then I got to be like, let me try to sing a little something, something, put a little bit of me in the church so I could feel like I could commune. Because that was one thing that was a hindrance as well when I did transition. Yeah. yeah. I am someone who loves music. And mm. so I connect through God through music. Yes. And when I was at these churches, I said, oh. Yeah, neither of them connected with the way you wanted to express yourself. No, one was you not saved enough. And the other one was, I don't like this music. And I don't like how it's so structured. Right. And so it was just like two complete opposite like spectrums, but still not like nowhere in between that I felt like, well, God, what am I doing? How Mm. am I connecting? Right. And so, but that's a form of performance too. That you felt like, because people saw you and like, oh, she can sing mm-hmm. and we want her to express herself, but mm-hmm. we're not ready for what that looks like. Yes. Both, both experiences are, you don't quite fit what we're looking for mm-hmm. you to look like in order to be part of this thing. Yes. So when you're in church and not only are you being told what you experience, your attraction is wrong. Yes. But also the way you worship God is wrong. Yes. Just like who you are as a person in that space. And then you do start to feel more welcome in a new space, mm-hmm. but there are parts of you that still feel like inherently wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. How long were you there from like 16 to 22? You said you were there. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to start to feel like this? I've outgrown this as well. I think when I hit 21. Yeah. So um, that's a pretty decent, like five years of oh, formative yeah. years that you got like a. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. From 16. Like I said, they brought me back to God. They mm-hmm. showed me like 
love doesn't have to come with conditions mm. like I was used to. Yeah. And I was shown, even though it was different and right. I had to adjust my way of thinking because mm. this girl from Roxbury was out here like, <laughs> y'all just gonna give me that. <laughs> y'all, I mean, my youth pastor, we were struggling at certain points, yeah. you know, like the recession hit. Mm, A lot of people didn't right? know how tough things were and it was hard. And I remember my youth pastor buying extra food at youth group just mm. to give to the kids that needed. Wow. I remember her picking us up. Like we wanted to go to church, but nobody wanted to get up. Mm. I remember Christina. She's amazing. Miss yeah. um, She has literally like done everything, went above and beyond. And it wasn't just her. This was like the norm at the church. Yeah. yeah. And I was not used to that because right. I'm like, Right. wrong with you right but then i realized what's wrong with me that mm. i assume mm. that church comes with conditions yeah and well that's what you were taught yeah and it took the minute to, to well it took me some time to yeah. realize that yeah. and like i said once i got comfortable and was like this is the norm that i expect people yeah. love me i can love them back this right. is safe right i allowed myself to want to sit there and open up because for the first year i would go to church yeah. but like i really wasn't listening to the, the word that was being preached yeah. i was happy that it was short yeah i'm not even gonna tell you no lies i was <laughs> like service is done we get the 11 30 we out 12 15 oh man Ooh, baby i got a sunday i can go do things that's, i was ready that's another thing probably a lot of people don't realize is that to be pentecostal oh. means that sun not only sunday Ooh, is the whole day experience it's, whole, you, it's a commitment it's it's like going to a wedding every Sunday. Yes. Because you wear your best clothes. Yes. And you're Sweating. there for hours. Yes, hungry. Oh, weddings are more hurting. fun. Yeah, at least you get to have a party at the yeah. end. There's no party. No. Except, but I did experience that at um, Covenant Churches because we would have coffee hour. Yeah. And that was yeah. like, oh, we get to talk now? Yeah. I was in love. I said, we had, we don't want the praise and worship. We don't want through the scripture offering and the word. <laughs> 45 minutes <laughs> and then you're going to give me a snack for an hour. <laughs> oh, this, these are my people right here. These are my people. Food is an important yes, part of community. But it, at a certain point, stopped being enough. Yeah. My needs started to change. Yeah. And I felt like, like I said, when I started trying to avoid sitting down in the service, yeah. I was like, ooh. And I didn't say anything, mm. but I was just like, I don't really want to go here no more. Yeah. I'm not having fun. Yeah. I'm not feeling like I like this place. Yeah. And it's nothing they've done, but it's just no. I've changed and my right. needs have changed. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you just started to recognize things about yourself that you didn't know. But I think what's beautiful about what you recognize there is they gave you the space to come to that place. Mm -hmm. um, and it's unfortunate that they, you know, weren't able to grow with you that way maybe mm -hmm. or maybe you weren't it doesn't right. matter really but they gave you at least four or five years of like i can start to pay attention to myself and my yes. needs i think that's beautiful and that's what community i think should be about or is about absolutely so then you get to that place and then what does what does it look like for you you're 21 and now you no church. no church for how long um, I moved out to Brockton at 23. Mm. So I don't think so I went for two years. Okay. And, and that's when we meet we yeah. met when you were 23. We met when I was like, I stopped telling people I could sing because I'm like, they're going to ask me to sing. Yeah. You were not <laughs> feeling that at first. No. You even said, I think you were just going to come, but not sing. Yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, I don't, I had all that trauma right. of feeling like I'm going to get up here yeah. and either, and this is not to you or anybody, but mm. from where I was thinking at the time is I'm going to be these white people's black entertainment mm. at church. 
because that's what I started to feel like at my last church when I left. Mm -hmm. Like I said, that box of, I don't quite fit in here. I don't quite fit in there. Or then going back to the other thought of, they're going to call me out in the middle of service and say, you're not singing right. Wow. And so I was like, I don't even want to put myself in that situation. I'm going to just sit in the back and I'll sing from the thing. They may hear me and be like, who was that? (laughs) But no one's going to be like, who was that leading? And even that, you know, the first couple months, I was not trying to lead. I was like, let me just do my little oohs and ahs. Do that bop, 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 chick. (laughs) 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 And... That's not what God had in store. And I'm so appreciative because that whole time of Brockman Covenant, like it transformed me. Mm. It took me from this insecure, broken woman Mm. into someone who felt like I had a real community. It took me Mm. into a place where I felt like I can be vulnerable to these people and open up. Cause mm. I used to cry. <laughs> I used to scream. I used to crack. I yeah. used to have all these moments and I felt safe enough to do it. Yeah. I didn't like, you know, I, I didn't grow up feeling safe. No, I right. did not feel like I could trust people in that way. Right. And so to feel that, and mm. then to feel that where then we get to commune with God mm. and like, that was everything. I used to come to church and I'd be like, <laughs> the words about to happen. <laughs> Let me write it down because this is what I'm going to use to power me through the week. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm so like forever yeah. grateful for that experience mm. because it saved my life. Yeah. I was going through such a rough time when I mm. moved to Brockman, mm. remembering stuff that I was not able to really even think of when I lived back in Boston. Right. And feeling like you know I secluded myself from the world well from my world yeah I was like I'm only in Brockton only people in Brockton will see me yeah right (laughs) and I couldn't face Boston yet I couldn't face my mom yet I couldn't face my dad I couldn't face my family my other friends acquaintances because the way my mind was playing tricks on me at the time and depression the way that worked I was not in a good place Mm. and that church there will be so many days that I'm like, I don't want to get up and go anywhere, yeah. but I'm going to go here. Thankfully, we were at four o'clock. So oh, yeah. Oh, because you knew. <laughs> you knew 11 a.m. service. Y'all ain't going to see me. I don't want to get up. Y'all ain't going to see me. Four <laughs> o'clock, we could make that work. And I was still late, but I showed up. I was always late. We we were known. BCC started 4.15 sharp. Yeah. We say four before 15 <laughs> sharp. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. Just like I said, it was it was everything I needed plus more. It mm. was like a hug. <laughs> mm. It was me seeing what God's love looks like in yeah. a different way wow. because I had been told this is what it looks like, but I felt like this hurts. Yeah. This don't feel right. right. And then really experiencing that, mm. it changed my mind. Yeah. But it took some time because yeah. that first year I was here, yes, right. but like I was not really in a place where. I was willing to open up the way I was. Like, I remember when we had our like little anniversary and we talked about stuff Mm. and I was just like, I remember the girl who did not want to talk at all. Like, no, I just sat back. Absolutely. I'll sing a little something you need me to, but don't ask me to do much. Well, yeah, it's true because one of the things that was a value for me was knowing that people like your anyone that hears you and knows your story and hears what you've been through as a kid and you have so much wisdom because you lived so much life 
in in a short amount of time as mm. you experience so so for me it's like i'm gonna tell you what's up <laughs> like i'm gonna live i'm gonna that's do what a, we were expecting though yeah i'm like, gonna listen a lot the problem you know not problem the difficulty when you have community like that when everybody is sort of like feeling like i didn't fit here and i felt this here and now and we all bring that together then man there's some there's there's some pain in the room oh yeah and we spent so much time Ooh. just wrestling through that yes. so i'm so happy to hear that that was a period for you of like all right i the hug i like that that's yes. really sweet so through that process you learn i know that we had a lot of talks but like you start to learn who you are a little bit more you're more in touch with your needs you're more yes. in touch with who you want to be in the world mm -hmm. What does that start to look like in the world for you? I know like <laughs> you start, did you date like your first, for the first time? Like what, what does that look like? Uh, yeah. I did. Well, she wasn't my first girlfriend, <laughs> but the first girlfriend that I like publicly, you know, yeah. allowed myself to bring to church. Right. That was huge. Right. That was also very embarrassing mm, because. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not because well at that community i felt like they don't care like <laughs> we got trans people here we got gay people bi people straight people allies we got a little bit of everything anybody gonna judge me they love me i love them mm. you know i was cool with that but i was embarrassed because this specific person <laughs> decided to do a lot of pda in church that oh, time and yeah. people was like oh, i see you boot up over here <laughs> you know all getting rubbed on and loved on i was like you saw that <laughs> i hope you did it <laughs> so that was an experience but it felt so good yeah. to have my church go with me to pride yes right that yeah i couldn't imagine in my wildest dreams that mm. my church would say we've been to take a road trip to pride to boston y'all <laughs> let's go <laughs> okay y'all finna see me turn up then. okay <laughs> let's go and that was yeah. amazing but just feeling like I wasn't wrong because I've always yeah, felt, good. Good. well, it's taken me some time to get to the place where now I understand there's nothing wrong with me mm. for loving women and loving God. I don't I feel that. like I am a sinner. I don't feel like I am condemning myself. I don't feel like I am less than. Mm. I just feel like that's what I was taught. Yeah, and for sure. It, the The thing is that even though, so I'm, you know, sexuality wasn't my thing, but mm -hmm. as I've shared on the podcast, I didn't feel like I could fully be me mm -hmm. in a church setting. So it was so important for me if I was going to be a part of church, especially if I was going to lead one, mm -hmm. it's like, there's going to be no difference between when we step into this building and when we step out of it, Come on, we're going to be the yes. same person. Mm -hmm. And you don't just all of a sudden turn into some holy being where you're like, okay, that was such a mess for me growing up. I That's remember like did. I'd show up in the space and like, oh, God's everything to me. And I want people to see that or I want to experience that in this space. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I leave, I'm a goofball. Uh -huh. And I'd feel like hypocritical or something bad about myself because mm -hmm. I wasn't like also holy outside. Mm -hmm. But I had this definition of holy as like looking a certain way, being a certain way mm -hmm. when holy is just about like being open to the possibility to love with right. without um you know all the conditions that mm -hmm. we have to really love yourself without That's those conditions right. and we were both taught 
to, that to love ourselves was not right. We were supposed yes. to for, forsake ourselves. And Listen, so yeah. and when I learned that, you asked me before, what was some of the changes that came about from me being in a better environment yeah. at BCC? I implemented boundaries. Yeah, right, and right. Who, let me tell you, <laughs> some of the listeners probably know, <laughs> it has changed a lot yeah. for me in these last few years. Yeah. For the good, though, like yeah. I grew up you know, being sexually and physically abused. Yeah. And unfortunately that was from family members. It was from friends yeah. and it caused a lot of trauma and trust issues. Yes. And so with that, like you said, to, to know that we are safe and knowing mm. like, these are my experiences mm. without being manipulated yes. was not what I was used to. That was not right. my reality growing right. up. Right. And then I got in this place where I was like, people are asking me what I feel mm. and allowing me to figure out what that is. Yeah. And it taught me, you can do this with everybody. Right. And so I right. started to do that That's with so everybody. Wow. And oh, it changed things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not friends with certain people. Yeah. I'm not, right. I don't talk to certain family members anymore, but I feel so good. Yeah. It feels good to know that my circle is full of safety and full of love. I love that. Because yeah. you get to pick that. That was, I you think, do. one of the best gifts I got in reconnecting with God, mm. learning you get to pick you Yeah. and it's okay. That's you really do. Because it's not about the other person. Really. No. If you're putting a boundary up, it's because there's something about that connection that isn't serving you the way that yes. you need it. It's, it's not like you're holding them. on to grudges. You're no. like, I'm good. We're good. We are. I just don't you need can't to be with me yeah, anymore. I just don't, yeah. You can't sit here. <laughs> you're not invited to my table. There's a whole nother table for you on that side of the world. Right. But I'm going to stay on this yeah. side of the world and have this table because yeah. like, I don't know. Someone who just gave, I was such a people pleaser. Right. I'm still working on it. Well, that's, a, that's <laughs> the result that often is a result of sexual and yeah. physical abuse. And I, I've, um, I've had conversations with people where that seems to be the case. The truth is there's people that feel the same way about us that we feel about them, mm -hmm. that they're like, you know what? We don't need to be in each other's yes. lives. And that's okay. Absolutely. That's Put something, your boundary in place. Yeah, that's something that I never would have thought was okay mm -hmm. because to be Christian meant, you had to like, like forgiveness meant you yes. had to be in relationship with yes. everyone, even if they bust you up, <laughs> which is literally my life because yeah. I grew up with that dynamic in my household mm. and with the brother who was very, very violent and mm. very emotionally unsafe mm. and was taught but still love them. Right. But still remember, right. You have to show these people grace. God is good. My mom used to always say, regardless of what you feel, God is going to be the one to judge you at the end. Wow. And if you have hate in your heart, know that nothing is going to move forward in the afterlife for wow. you. And I mean, from when I'm eight, nine and I'm crying, like he didn't kick me, wow. <laughs> he didn't, you know, embarrass me. He's told my friends how much I weigh. He yeah. has, you know, just done everything. Mm. And that made me internalize. I have to put my needs on the back burner to support others. Absolutely. And then I started to make bad friends. Yeah. I started to make even worse connections with people trying to date was mm. <laughs> a mess. Yeah. So yeah. In learning me again and yeah. learning like what I deserve, what my boundaries are, what my worth actually is. Yeah. It's like, Mm -mm. Mm. I don't deserve that. Right. I deserve nothing 
of what I received growing up. Yeah. And so I am right. purposely now showering myself with good love because we are trying that. to repel anything <laughs> that don't feel like what we are submerging <laughs> myself in. Submerging, right. You know what I'm trying to say. I got you. And because yeah. we don't have time for that. And it's no. very easy to fall back in it. Like we're dealing with depression. Yeah. It's hard. It is very, very hard to, when you're having a bad moment to just know this is a moment. I'm not going to stay in this. And I, I lived in that for years yeah. and didn't know what it was called. And right. then went to church looking for help and couldn't get it because I couldn't say it. Then if I did say it, I would look be looked at with judgment. Right. Because Christians aren't supposed to be depressed. Oh, no. Not, and not gay and depressed. No. It's like, don't you know the gayness is causing your depression? Yeah. You're like. <laughs> it's like, girl, stop being gay and you won't be sad. Right. Well, <laughs> see, there it is. Right. So, so the internalization of like feeling you're feeling like you are bad just as you are yeah just bad that was my feeling. and then you're you feel bad and that obviously is going to bring on some kind of depression or something oh, if you yes. feel like you're bad you're you're going to be like feeling terrible mm-hmm. about that so you've got all that and i remember like the joy of the lord thing was just like i remember vividly thinking at 12 when i heard someone say someone was depressed i was like well they can't be a christian Mm. like Christians can't be depressed mm. and man what that'll do <laughs> yeah to you it's like how can I be this and right. that when we, right. we forget this is a human thing right like yes this is what we believe in spiritually but we are still above all humans first yeah. we still need food right. we still need water we right. still need to check on our mental well-being yep. and as you know yep. in our community that is not that is not something that is big. No, we are taught go to go to your pastor. Right, <laughs> they will make sure you're good. Who has no training? In None counseling at all. Therapy. And None that, at all. I remember having people. <laughs> so one of the that was one of the things that that really like, I'd say like, brutally fucked me up from like 28 on is that I went to seminary mm-hmm. and I internalized this belief that to like know theology in the Bible well Mm -hmm. was to have the answers. Mm. And so I would think that, but then I quickly realized I got no answers, (laughs) but everyone's coming to me like I do. Right. (laughs) And so people would share their life with me, the amount of secrets that I hold to this day. Oh yes. You are the gatekeeper. I'm trying to tell you. Well, it's like a therapist, but, but on a different level, because like, yeah, it's just very strange. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't handle that. And I'd always, I started to tell people when I started the church was like, I'll do three sessions with you of like yes. just sharing, but you got to see a therapist if you want to have counseling. Yes. That's not what I got to offer. Yes. Like, let's talk about the Bible. Let's which talk about I, spirituality. But like, which I wish we got more of. Yeah. Because again, if someone had made it clear, you can speak to this person who you respect. Right for yeah. counseling yeah. but if they tell you then this is beyond me yeah or i wish they Believe would even them. be open to like <laughs> saying that it's again that ego of yeah. i don't want you coming to anyone else yeah. i want you to believe that god and me can fix you well that's and it's that's like a, god that's... made people who are smart yeah. <laughs> he made these books he made these these resources to help us because we are human well, and we need yeah. help like and oh. i think we have i have a, a major adverse reaction to people who offer themselves up mm-hmm. as the sources for and it's religion connected to religion as the sources for what 
people need and whether or not they say it or not they come across like a used car salesman to me yes. even the but the best ones and i and i have this internal like oh i don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. um and they could be the most genuine person in the world but what i smell is you want my tithe money hello you want my my volunteering hello. you know you want me to you want the body in the building <laughs> yeah. to make the listen yeah listen. so i yeah. and that's my stuff and other people <laughs> might have that same feeling but ultimately, I have to address that and recognize that that's my stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are communities that are healing and and that people need. Um, it's just that that person that's up front that's like proposing this idea that they have answers that you need and you need them to get those answers. Uh, I would beware of that in any circumstance, no matter what it is, religion or not. Hello. Yeah. Does that sound like some- yeah, we know that. Yeah. We both experienced that. Yes. Okay, so that's religion. Can I, you I know, say one thing real quick? Can you, you're the guest. <laughs> can you say one thing? I want to say, many say again, I think that's why BCC works so well. Mm. Because we experienced that. We had you as a leader who was like so vulnerable and so honest and was just like, I'm going to tell you what I feel like, you know, God is telling me to let you know right now or whatever the message is, but I can't do certain things. Mm. And I encourage you to go out and find other resources. I can even help you get there. Mm -hmm. I can do this. I never experienced the pastor who did not make it seem like it's me and God. Mm. If you need anything, just come to me, come to this person. I've even had pastors try to refer me to the in-church therapist or the this Mm. or the that. And I'm like, oh man, sometimes it's okay to separate what they say, church and state. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe it's a different thing. No, it it actually is a good comparison. It's okay to separate certain things. And then it's okay to have a leader that is transparent enough to say certain things. That was part of what I feel like made BCC gold. Mm. It was the transparency. Mm. It was, you are human. Mm. Yes, you're our pastor, but you don't make us feel like we are your followers. Yeah, that's we are I, God's followers. I was real human. That, like, exact, <laughs> yes, that made it, that made the world of a difference. Human. Not to have, and that's okay. Because yeah. hello, <laughs> as humans, we go through moments, ups and downs, yeah. highs and lows, yeah. things happen. And you know, when the real people support you, how that looks yeah and you know when people who just need stuff you know when they need support and you can no longer support them Mm. you get to see what that looks like too i've learned that as i'm getting older yes i'm only about to be 28 yes as i'm getting older (laughs) i know (laughs) but um as i'm getting older i'm learning like it's not about other people's stuff like and even if you feel like they can't support you in that way God is always there Mm. and Mm. he instills that in us. And I'm learning, I think it's my intuition that I'm learning to listen to more. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I love it. I didn't have that before. No. Being in a place where you feel like I'm comfortable to make my own decisions and not feel like, oh, I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that. It made me be like, this voice is loud. Let me listen <laughs> to her. Instead of being like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stop, 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 stop. You know? Okay. And again, that came from being in this place where I felt like the leader was just so like, yeah. all right, y'all, <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. But this, I, you, I've never experienced a service where it felt like a TED talk where it felt like <laughs> then we would talk, then we would have a whole open like forum later. And I'm like, 
I've never experienced this mm-hmm. where I can talk about my debates in church. Yeah. We had a series, y'all don't know. We had a series <laughs> on Christianity, well, sexuality and Christianity in church. Mm-hmm. We talked about racism in Christianity, which I was like, <laughs> I'll be front and center, honey. Let's talk about it. Go ahead. Let me hear what y'all got to say. Heard some white guilt, heard some awareness, yeah, right, and was right. here for the whole conversation yeah. because it's necessary to hear different perspectives. Right. And I love that. It just, yeah. it made me feel so confident in this group. It made me yeah. feel so confident that I'm like, we are representatives of Christ, mm. Mm. not of just BCC or whatever. Like we yeah. get to show people the right way to go about it mm. because we're not trying to tell you that you're wrong for this. We don't care how you live, mm. just love each other. Mm. And that was like, Oh, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's what it's about. Okay. Yeah. For I, me, that's what it's no, about. No, that's beautiful. Man, you're like, you got <laughs> and me. I may be bouncing places. No, but... <laughs> stop. You're getting me emotional as well. Um, so you, you, what this is bringing up for me as a follow, like to follow this line is like, I think about your journey, right? Mm-hmm. As someone who was, grow, grew up in these contexts that you shared, Pentecostal, didn't, hated yourself. Yes. You were taught to hate yourself. Yes. And then you had this period of like, okay, I can breathe. I can, I can get away from that sort of voice mm-hmm. and then create a new narrative. But then that became, there was a max to that. Yes. And then you go to this place where you're now free to express yourself in a more full way. Now today, not being in church on a regular basis, mm-hmm. do you still have some of the voices that you carry around from childhood? Like when you're when you're thinking about fully expressing yourself, whatever that means today, mm-hmm. do you still have some of those voices that are still telling you like, "Ooh, you shouldn't do this," or you like shouldn't look at that? Mm-hmm. Don't, is that still there for you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be. I think an active, you know thing that I am working on forever because it didn't happen overnight. It was years and years and years of this being put in my head. And even though I am since about 23, 24, I have been consciously like unlearning the things that I was taught, but that's only been like three, four years. And as someone who wants to be a mother, Mm. someone who is going to have businesses, (laughs) as someone who wants to spread the gospel in my way. Mm. I don't know what that looks like, yeah. but in my way, I feel like I'm going to go down that path of, yes, I'm going to want to talk to people and feel like, oh, nobody's going to want to hear me. People are going to see my weight first. People are going to see my imperfections first. People are going to look at my um, accomplishments or lack thereof. Mm. And Yes, all of that is still present. Yeah. Even though people, when I talk to them, they're like, you're amazing. You're great, yeah, girl. Right. I still feel like that little girl that's like, stop crying. Absolutely. You know? And it's it's yes. a it's a daily challenge. But And I'm not going to say I win every day. <laughs> it's not easy. But it mm. is something that I'm like, I know what my worth and potential is. Yes. And I have to actively keep living into that. Right. It's one of those things that people who love you yes. know and see. And because of the voice that you've internalized that you still, you know, have within you, I think so often my, my last guest, Nicole, talked about talking to your younger self mm. because you're not free of that. I'm 41. I don't know what 41 supposed to feel like, but it doesn't feel like what I thought it was supposed to feel like. I feel like a kid trapped in this body that's aging. Yeah. And I think that's because it's true. Mm-hmm. Our minds 
five-year-old is still in there, 12 year old still in there, 21 year old we're it's still happening. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're constantly having to fight that belief that you're not good. You're this, you're Absolutely. that. And um, there's no real amount of people that say, Sean, you're amazing. You're this and that that's going to sink in. You have to right, own it. Right. Like you, you have, have to, to internalize that. Yeah. And I feel like I've been working on that a lot, trying to internalize knowing my worth, but it's been a challenge, especially this last year. Mm. I felt like I had got my circle to a certain place. And as you know, I lost the best friend and that made it super hard. That made, as he was someone who I was so close to, Mm. um, and was my like biggest cheerleader, even Mm. though he worked my nerves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like a brother. Um, will work my nerves. It is so hard now to feel like, how do I go back to that happy person? How do I remain hopeful Mm. and not allow myself to get down when I'm in those places? Um, But even now, allow myself to open up that other people can love me in that way. Mm. I never thought that I would allow people to love me in that capacity because I'm like, I don't trust you. I don't trust my family. I don't trust my friends or even so much. So like, I trust you to a certain extent because I don't want to be hurt that way. But I think now as I'm learning, like bad things happen, Mm. it really is not anyone's fault. Mm. And the best thing I can do is try to show up as authentic as possible and to continue to know that like God got me Mm. and I'm good. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope this conversation inspired new thoughts or questions within you until next time. Peace, my friends.